Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. God has used the Mideast Prophecy Update to touch tens of thousands of people all over the world. As of late, the move of the Holy Spirit in these updates is to draw more and more lost souls out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. Today, Pastor J.D. shares a wonderful testimony of God doing just that, saving a lost soul. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on July 8, 2018. Things are seemingly good. Unemployment is down, stock market's up. I mean, things are pretty good. And wouldn't you agree that when things are going good, the Lord's return isn't, we don't long for it as much as we do when things are not going so good? You know how it is when you're in a trial. You want the Lord to come back yesterday, right? Again, you'll forgive the personal reference, but I think the Lord maybe put it on my heart to share this. When I was in high school, I was not a very good uh, boy. (laughs) It was before I got saved, and I was a teacher's kid. My dad was a teacher in the school, and I kind of rebelled. I didn't kind of rebelled. I rebelled. And I actually almost got expelled. I ended up getting uh, suspended uh, for a week. I did something really uh, stupid. I thought it was kind of funny, but uh, (laughs) you're looking at me like, what'd you do? I'm not going to tell you. But anyway, (laughs) I had this one teacher pull me aside and say to me, and this is my senior year, you know, if things were really good for you in high school, and I know they're not, Uh, you wouldn't want to leave. But the fact that it's not good for you, you can't wait to graduate. You know what I wanted our uh, motto to be at graduation? This is not hyperbole. I've shared this before. Uh, I've come out of my coma to receive my diploma. No, I'm, I'm not kidding. I loathe, and it didn't help when, you know, the teachers would say to you something to the effect of, you really should enjoy high school. They're the best years of your life. And I'm thinking to myself, this is the best it's ever going to be right here? <laughs> You're, shoot me now. I cannot wait to get out of here. My senior year was the longest year of my life. And she said, Because of that, that's what makes you want to leave. Now, this is many years later. I come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit brought to my remembrance what that teacher, not a Christian, said to me. Because I understood it this way. 
um, if things are really good down here, you don't want to leave. Right? It's when things are not good down here that you so want out of here. Right? I think of our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world who are suffering unthinkable persecution. Many face life and death scenarios every single day because of their profession for Christ. And that's so foreign to us here in America. We we take even this beautiful church building and the freedom that we have to worship here for granted. You go to China, go to Iran, and see what it's like, even just for one day, see what it's like for the Christians there. I don't say that to lay a heavy trip on anyone. I only say it because in my own life I've often pondered whether persecution or prosperity is harder to handle. And may I humbly suggest that I'm coming to the conclusion that it's the latter. I think when things are good, that's more dangerous than when there's persecution. I've heard it said this way, and I've often said it this way. You want to grow the church and expand the kingdom? Persecute the church. Do you know what's happening in Iran right now? You know, with the Iranian people, the protests that are taking place, you know how many Christians there are in Iran? We'll see them in heaven. You have no idea. The multitudes of people that are coming to Christ in Iran. In Iran, China. My uh, birthplace of Lebanon. And that's why, I think. You know, it's harder to share the gospel in America than it is in other countries. I believe for that reason. Again, I don't want to lay a heavy trip on anybody. I don't want to, you know, beat up on anybody. But I think of the parable Jesus taught about the seed falling among thorns being those who get caught up with the cares and the affairs of this world. When that happens, it's only a matter of time before the deceitfulness of wealth chokes the Word of God and the things of God. I'll never forget after 9-11 how full my church was on the mainland that following Sunday. It seems like that when something like that happens, it wakes people up. But then sadly, it's not very long before they get drowsy again and get sleepy, and it seems as though a sleepy apathy and disinterest has taken up residence within the church today. You know, I 
I often wonder, when you talk about the rapture of the church and the return of the Lord and Bible prophecy, I wonder how much of the indifference that we're met with is due to this, things are good now. I don't want to leave. But boy, let adversity strike. I think of Ecclesiastes 7.14, Solomon writes, by the Spirit. During times of prosperity, enjoy. But when, not if, when adversity strikes, stop and consider and realize that God brings both prosperity and adversity. Why? So that man can discover nothing about his future. Another translation renders it, so that man's uncertainty will point him to the Lord. We don't know what the future holds when adversity strikes, but we know who holds the future. And that's what happens. When when things aren't going so well, doesn't it make you want the Lord to come back? And conversely, when things are going very well, ah, no hurry. Things are good now. Jesus spoke to this by way of a letter to the church in the city of Laodicea. It's the seventh of seven letters to seven churches in Asia Minor. We know it today as modern-day Turkey. And there's one place in this letter that really strikes me, and I want to read it. It's verse 17, Revelation 3. He says this, Because you say, I am rich have become wealthy, and have need of nothing. Oh, that's why. That's why you're lukewarm. That's why you're neither hot nor cold. That's why you don't want the Lord to come back. There's there's no hurry. Things are good right now. I have need of nothing. And this was a very prosperous church and city, historians tell us back in Laodicea at that time. They had cutting-edge technology, the medical community. They, they had this eye salve. And it's interesting because they were so rich, they even built these aqueducts to bring in the hot springs, the natural hot springs from Hierapolis down to Laodicea. But by the time the hot water from those hot springs got to Laodicea, oh, it was lukewarm. (laughs) Interesting. And so Jesus is saying, you're lukewarm like that water. And I want to vomit you out of my mouth. This is the church that Jesus is standing on the outside of, knocking on the door to come back in. And really interesting about this church, of all the seven churches, it's the letter to the angel of the church. And the angel, by the way, was the messenger, the pastor. Pastor's the angel. It's right there. Pastor's the anyway. So the to the pastor of the church of Ephesus, Smyrna, Sardis, Thyatira, Pergamum, uh, Philadelphia, and Laod- La- when he gets to Laodicea, it doesn't say to the 
angel of the church of Laodicea. It says, to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans. You know what that means? It wasn't even his church anymore. They had taken over. And oh, by the way, that's what the name Laodicea means. It's a combination of two English words, laity and diocese. The laity were ruling and calling all the shots and making all the decisions. No longer did Jesus rule. It was the laity. It was the people. It was their church. It wasn't Jesus' church. That's why he's on the outside trying to get back in, to sup with them and them with him. Now, here's the problem that we have. We oftentimes think, uh, oh, so uh, this was... Uh, you know, the lukewarm church, it's still a church. These were Christians. These were Christians in the church. These were not non-Christians that he's writing to. These are Christians that had need of nothing. They had everything they could possibly want. And look what happened because of it. That was the message to that church. Is it the message to the church today? I would submit that it is to the Christian. There's a different message for those who are not Christians. And it's the message of the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ, also known as the gospel. What's the gospel? The gospel, the word gospel means good news. Your sins have been paid. Your debt has been paid. Your penalty has been paid. You're free to go. Good news. That's what it means. And the good news, the gospel is, is that Jesus Christ came, was crucified to pay the penalty of yours and my sin in full, was buried and rose again, and is coming again. That's the good news. That's the gospel. That's the good news. This is why we always end the prophecy updates with an explanation and invitation by way of the ABCs of salvation. You know, every week we get so many people that email us and send us comments and post comments with testimonies that are from all over the world of people either getting saved or coming back to Christ and recommitting their lives to Christ. Can I share one uh, with you? (laughs) What are you going to say? No, right? So uh, this is one I got last week. Pastor J.D., I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for your presentation of the ABCs of salvation. I am a college student who has been a part of your online church family for two years now. I have countless times heard your presentation of the ABCs of salvation, and at some point it became so routine (laughs) that I simply turned off the video when it began. Now, for the last three years, I have been praying for my girlfriend, and this last May, while I was studying for finals and listening to your sermons, and one of your videos had come to... And, and I didn't close the video because I was so engrossed in my work, so 
I just let it play through the ABCs of salvation. My girlfriend, who was sitting close by, listened and even turned off her music to hear more clearly. By the time you completed the ABCs, she asked me to pause and asked if she really needed to pray for forgiveness to get salvation. I said, yes. We talked, and she accepted Christ that night. And he's going to ask her to marry him now. How cool is that? Finally, he goes on. You did a sermon a few weeks ago about how young people have trouble wanting the Lord to come back because they want their shot at life. I felt immediately around the 19-minute mark when you said you talked to your boys about end times fatigue that you were speaking the answer to my prayer. Mind you, four years of prayer. I am almost 24. Oh, to be young again. (laughs) I am almost 24. I have a very good job, awesome girlfriend, family, life. I have everything. I'm blessed beyond my wildest dreams. And for the longest time, I have had trouble wanting his return. Not because of my current life situation, but because I want my shot at life. And in that sermon, God through you answered my prayer to the mark. It was even so accurate that you used some exact quotes, that's the Holy Spirit by the way, from my prayer over the years, which is what really hit home. Praise the Lord. I hope that blesses you. I know it did me. So now you can't turn off the video if you're watching online. (laughs) And if you get up and leave... Uh, well, I guess we'll just bow our heads and close our eyes. Uh, here are the ABCs of salvation. And please, uh, I'll only take a couple minutes. I want to run through this, not as a routine. I hope it doesn't become rote. It could be that maybe somebody is going to come into your path this week for such a time as this, and God is going to do that and orchestrate that so you can share with them very simply the ABCs of salvation, the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. The A is for admit that you're a sinner. Acknowledge your sin and your need for the Savior. Romans 3.10 says there is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 says all, I want you to hang on to that word all, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We were all born sinners, which is why we all must be born again to see the kingdom of heaven. Romans 6.23 says, and this is the death penalty because of our sin, the bad news, if you will, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ephesians 2 8 and 9 says, For by grace you are saved through faith. It is not of works. It is the gift of God, lest anyone should boast. It's a gift. A free gift to us, paid for by Him. It cost Him. His life. His blood shed in our stead, the Bible says there's no remission, removing of sin, without the shedding of blood. He shed His blood in our stead, paying in full for all of our sin, and He makes it available to us as a gift, the free gift of eternal life. 
The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that you also believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. That's the B. And lastly, here's the C. The C is for call upon the name of the Lord. Or, I should say, and or confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's what Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And lastly, Romans 10, 13, and here's that word all again. All, all have sinned, but all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If you're here this morning, and I make no assumptions, and you've never called upon the name of the Lord, I implore you to do so today. Today is the day of salvation. If you're watching this online still, (laughs) there's a reason, and you've never called upon the name of the Lord, I pray that you would open your heart to Jesus today. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for the good news of salvation. Thank you for so loving us that you sent your only begotten Son into the world to die for us, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Lord, I pray for anyone who today is opening their heart and putting their trust in you, that they would call upon you and today be saved. And Lord, lastly, for any today who, not condemnation, but conviction, have been convicted, not condemned, convicted by the Holy Spirit, that they've been caught up with the cares and the affairs of this world, and it's choked out you as their first love. Lord, I pray that today they would come back, that there would just be this godly sorrow that leads to a genuine repentance. They would come home, and that you would refill them so that that fire can burn as brightly as it once did. And Lord, Maranatha, come quickly. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kariohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. 
The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in his love.